this is Dr. Nancy O'Reilly, and you are listening to Conversations with Smart, Amazing Women. Each and every week, we bring to you a woman who's going to help you in some aspect of your life. You know, we all want to stay sharp. We all want to be amazing, but to do so, it's great to have those resources out there. So we have women help you with your business. We have women who help you with your relationships. And, of course, staying fit and vital and healthy and ready to do all those things in the world that you want to do. The Women Connect for Good is all about helping women find their, find their passion, their purpose, and help other women as well down the road to be smart amazing just like they are. Uh, you know, our business, we're one of the women-owned business, fastest-growing trends. My bucket list is long, so I want to stay fit and vital. And health is all, all it's about. Relationships, but remember the most important relationship is the one that you have with yourself. I guess in some respects we're going to be talking a little bit more about that. Uh, this is an amazing book of my guest, uh, Patty Conklin. Her book, The God Within, The Day God's Train Stopped, uh, tells her own personal story and, and how she discovered the use of energy to understand how energy manifests in illness and in disease. During her discovery, it led her to create a system of color works, tone works, and cellular cleansing, and using techniques to heal over 100,000 people, including herself. So I'm pleased to, to in, uh, invite Patty Conklin to be with us today on, with Conversation Smart Amazing Women. And if you have an illness, or you know someone who has an illness, or they're having some type of physical or emotional or spiritual issue. This is a this is a this is one to listen to. So, Patty, welcome. Glad you're here. Let's get started. There's lots to talk about. There are many people out there that you've helped, and there's many people out there that need your help. Thanks for being with me. Thank you for having me. Well, uh, I spent uh, all last night finishing up reading your book, and I've been on your website. The book is God Within the Day God's Train Stopped. It's a very interesting book, and again, many, many people will find such a great value, and especially people that today are struggling with illness or disease and have tried every path and it's not working. You're, you're probably a great stopping place for them, or Wonderful. starting place. Maybe I should Starting place, yeah. Thank you. But, uh, one of the things I'd like to start with is what's important is the story uh, about you. Because I think anytime I do a conversation, it's really the story of that person that really makes it all make sense. Mm-hmm. And you are a medical intuitive, uh, intuitive. How do you say that? Medical Medical intuitive is kind of the label I was given. All right, medical um, intuitive. We'll use that one because yes. that's probably what people are more familiar with. Exactly. But to get to that point in your life, certain things had to take place first. So if you could just tell us your story. Why are sure. we talking today? <laughs> well, I was, I was born with my gift. I was born with my gift of sight. Um, and I believe everybody is born with the same amount of knowledge and information. Um, I just happen to retain mine. Um, and so I always say that people spend the first 40 years of their life learning to be human, and then the spirituality aspect comes in. And I kind of spent the first 40 years of my life being spiritual, and then the human aspect had to come in. Um, but I had what I considered to be my first visitation uh, from Source when I was seven years old. 
and I was told three things. I was told that 38 to 42 would be my greatest growth years, 42 to 62 would be my greatest contribution to humanity, and that the purpose of my walk would be to teach people to become insubstantial without transitioning. And even though I had no clue what that meant, um, I knew that I was um, going to be on a path of service, um, as we all are but yeah. that um, mine was going to be a little bit specific. And, um, and so I, I graduated early. I, I doubled up my junior and senior years and uh, uh, moved on to nonprofit work uh, where I was overseeing literacy programs in 30 countries throughout Africa, Asia, and Latin America. And what was awesome about that was just being able to uh, literally uh, watch different cultures and how they spoke and how they stored the emotion and then where it went within their body. And um, it was just a fascinating time period for me. Um, and then as I reached closer um, uh, to 38, um, I was director of Canine Companions for Independence in the Southeast region and um, had another visitation and father told me to begin walking the path he'd asked me to walk as a child and here I am 18 years later um, <laughs> continuing that path um, and and so my my life has really at, at 38 my site continued to change even more um, where it had been particles and really quantum physics I began to realize that quantum physics and spirituality, um, science and God, were really um, very interconnected and not disconnected at all. Right. And, uh, and, and so when I started my work at, um, at 38, um, it was just word of mouth. The, the business has really been word of mouth uh, through the last 18 years. And I've uh, traveled to 40 countries and, and just... Uh, um, you know, have had the blessings of working with physicians, you know, Western uh, medical doctors and alternative uh, doctors and uh, people throughout the world um, in helping them understand the emotions, the core emotions that created the disease to begin their process of, of being ill. And, um, and so my work really is how do I help them understand, A, what the emotion is, um, because every illness and disease has an emotional core, and then how do I help them change that frequency? How do we then move back into particle theory um, in quantum physics and help them move those particles so that they're in sync with the rest of the body? Well, as you, as you know, this is controversial. I mean, there's no doubt about it. And, uh, Absolutely. Uh, my, my background is in, uh, as a psychologist. I have training in hypnosis and also in biofeedback and other alternative types of treatment modalities. And, again, even those by some, and back then, of course, many years ago, was considered voodoo, was considered some yeah. type of scam or whatever, so, you know, or, you know, devil worship, I mean, it's funny. Absolutely. But again, you know, I think it's, what is amazing about what you're doing and have been doing and many people are doing as far as healing and helping people to understand how healing occurs uh, is, is becoming more and more important in our society, especially when we see that modern medicine is not working. Exactly. It's costly and is devastating to so many people that really don't end up with any kind of results. That uh, Right. And I, I think that that's what's wonderful, though, about where Western medicine is coming today, uh, for the most part, especially outside of the United States. 
and yeah. uh, other countries are much more open. But doctors are really beginning to get it. I mean, they're beginning to understand they've got phenomenal technology, but that there's a piece missing. And in the work that I do, because I'm very analytical, and science is my first love, not spirituality. Science is my first love. Um, I'm able to talk to them in a way that they understand it. And so it's really helping them merge um, those two pieces together. And, you know, I, I kind of chuckle because it's, it's just a fascinating, you get very satisfied. You know, if you're sitting in on a, a heart operation, open heart surgery in Istanbul with a room full of cardiologists and you're telling them, no, 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 the frequency is not good in that vein. You need to go down this vein and they actually listen to you um, and, and, you know, begin their own learning process that even though they're looking at their scans and they're looking at their equipments and their microscopes, that I can teach them how to feel the frequency of that vein or artery to tell whether or not it's going to be able to support a, an instrument. Well, again, very, you're absolutely correct because you do come with, come to it. You begin with science. I mean, we are energy. We are. Uh, we are. I mean, that's what we are. I mean, when people start to think about it in, in really basic, flat, factual terms, then you start to understand that stuff. But, you know, we humans really don't have a clue how, how really unique and special we are. I, I really liked when you said we all have gifts. And I, and I truly believe that, and we all have just as much intuition as the next person, but yes. it's, it's drummed out of us. Our society, especially in, in uh, as you said, Western medicine in, in, in our society, is really about giving our power away to uh, medical practitioners, unfortunately, and giving it away Very to much a lot so. of people that... So, again, uh, people don't understand how special they are, but they don't understand how they make themselves sick. Or they don't understand how they can make themselves well. Exactly, exactly, and it's really, it's really one and the same. I mean, it's still, you know, what an illness actually is is a density of particles that's out of sync with the rest of the body, and what creates the density is the emotion, the perception, and the fear base that individuals get into, and they don't trust themselves. You know, it's it's like you go to a doctor, you have symptoms. And that doctor has to tell you everything that could possibly be wrong because they're going to get sued if they don't. And what happens for the average person is they take the one thing that the doctor said that scares them the most and they go Google it. And as soon as they Google it and they start being fearful about it, then they start, you know, if they didn't have the disease before, they'll create it um, as soon as, as they, um, as soon as they Google it. So it's, it's understanding the power of the word and the power that the doctors have, but more importantly, it's the, it's the power of what the patient has and, and the patient you know, surrendering into the fact that they have some symptoms and looking at their own emotional core base versus their, um, you know, versus their fear base which is just going to continue the disease process um, because it's just shifting their particles. And I think that, that people, um, when they can surrender into what is, even if they're facing death, you know, we have people who call the office every day who say, you know, the doctors have given me, you know, six months to live. Um, 80% of the time I have to look at them and say, you know what, your doctors are correct. Now how can I help you be out of fear? Because you are going to cross. We are all going to cross at some point. Um, and, and so then the job really becomes how do they have quality of life 
And as soon as they move into the surrender place, a lot of times they're giving their body permission to begin healing the, the yeah. vibration. And the frequency begins shifting because they're no longer in fear. They're in surrender, not giving up. It's important to understand the, the difference, but they're surrendering into what is. Um, and so they, they allow that freedom for the body to be able to pick up the frequency mm-hmm. and so start the I, healing process. So oftentimes those people actually have what you call recovery or, again, spontaneous recovery or whatever you want to Absolutely. call it. Yeah. Which, is, which is, again, what doctors call miracles. But, I mean, I think that's it. The way, <laughs> but I think that's the, the terminology. But, you know, we, yeah, in our society, we like to label. You know, yep. you watch, and, and, of course, if you're, if you're a TV person, you watch the, the marketeers and, and the pharmaceutical companies that sell lots and lots of pills, say, here's a pill for this, here's a pill for that. Right. And, you know, we, we really, it's, it's unfortunate, but I think we are one of the few societies that really do depend so much on a, a pill or something else making this okay. Uh, absolutely. And if you're understanding that, pills just a frequency. Yeah. And, you know, you're again, just, you, you're you really need to a lot of pharmaceutical companies. You're to a lot of, <laughs> absolutely. Go, oh, my gosh, this is, I can do this myself? Yeah. yeah. I mean, look at, you know, before we had microscopes. I mean, you know, people had, you know, the rickets. They had a bum knee. You know, they had a bad back. Um, we, we generalized. And, right. and when microscopes came into play and we began being able to label, it's the label now most of the time that creates the disease, not, not the disease being created first. It's the fear of that label that begins the, the actual um, changing of particles yeah. um, to fit that disease. And I, I think that, you know, I, people laugh and they're like, what kind of supplements do you take? And I'm like, I don't take any supplements. And they're like, well, what happens if you need something? I said, you know, if I really need zinc or, you know, something and I feel my body's off, then, you know, I'll walk into an herb store and I'll pick up the body of the bottle of zinc and, and I'll pull in whatever frequency um, <laughs> fills my body up and I set the bottle down and I walk out and, and um, just kind of <laughs> readjusting my body. And they're like, well, you could do that. And I'm like, anybody can do that. Feel some more zinc off of exactly. the off the shelf. <laughs> exactly. But but if people understood, I mean, if I knew what zinc felt like in an in in a separateness, I wouldn't need to go feel the bottle. Um, you know, that's kind of me being lazy. Um, but but the reality is is that your body will shift the particles according to what you need, and and people really need to understand that that capability within themselves. And you know, you're absolutely right. I mean, we're married to the pharmaceutical companies, and and you know, I have a daughter-in-law who's a pharmacist, so we have a lot of discussions on this. Um, that's amazing. Yep, yep, yep. And oh, and no. what. And what's awesome is is her son, my grandson, uh, was born with allergies, and um, and so you know she was taking him to the pediatrician and getting different medications and creams and you know for his eczema and so forth. And uh, after when he was about six months old, she finally looked at me and she said, "What would you do?" And I said, "He needs some sulfur." And she's like, what? That makes no sense whatsoever. Actually, it was about nine months. And I, I said, no, he needs sulfur. And so I called a homeopathic friend of mine and had her make up a sulfur um, uh, concoction for him and gave him, you know, six drops. And within three hours, the kid was, you know, just jabbering away, which he hadn't been. Um, you know, the eczema was clearing up. And by the next morning, his eczema was gone. And, you know, he was so much more vibrant and everything. And she looked at him and she's like, Hmm. <laughs> I guess we'll 
don't need to talk about this some more. How does that change her, her whole approach to being a pharmacist, though, is she it, knows that there are other, that you really have to empower people instead of giving a pill, you have to really empower them and tell them that they do have the ability to heal themselves. They do yes. have the ability to change the composition of their, uh, as yes. you say, through, through vibration, through energy, through uh, your, your process or their own process. Yeah, we're we're going through a, a, a slow time. I mean, we're taking it easy because, you know, my children, uh, whenever they started dating, you know, they'd talk about their father, but they'd wait two or three months before they'd talk about their mother uh, to see whether or not their partner could deal with it. And so, you know, she... doctor, I need to talk to her. Exactly, exactly. And so she's she's really beginning to ask questions, especially when it comes to the kids and, you know, what's taking place and, and getting a better understanding of it. And you know, we had a birthday party for um, my grandson. There's three now. And, you know, all of her pharmacist friends came. And um, actually, everyone had looked at my website before they came to the party. And so they all had questions, uh, which I thought was awesome. You know, that that just uh, sitting around and having a baby's birthday party uh, was enough to get the pharmacist to start talking and, and talking about, you know, the difference between frequency and so forth. And, you know, it's really just not getting defensive. You know, I'll have a doctor call and say, you know, you're a witch doctor, you're a charlatan, how dare you charge people for your services and, and so on. And I just let them go off and do their thing. And as soon as they're done, I just say, thank you so much for your opinion. I truly appreciate it. Now, how can I help you? <laughs> and those doctors who have become great friends, they said, what made you real is you didn't defend yourself. You know, I called you horrible things and you just took it all in stride. Um, you didn't get defensive. You didn't try to um, explain yourself. You didn't try to justify yourself. You just accepted that I felt the way that I felt. Right. And right. then, and then you proved me wrong. And, yeah. you know, as soon as you that then then we were good to go yeah. so i i just think that it's a it's a societal cultural shift that needs to take place and like i said other countries are much more accepting and you know in even in the medical profession much more accepting of frequency and um and the idea that emotions are going to be created um and are going to ultimately create a density of particles that will then create a disease um it just seems in the western culture uh we have a hard time understanding that and and people around the world have a hard time accessibility i mean third world countries and and countries that don't have access to to, uh, the medical community and the medical resources that we have have had to uh, had to use other resources i mean they've had to rely on things you know grandma grandma had a lot of good ideas you know she was using things she didn't have uh, the, the country doctor didn't come around, so she was there trying to figure out natural ways to to heal her family and to help her family, and basically ended up having to be a, a, one of the best practitioners in 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 the family. So, I mean, I think that's because again, strategically things have changed just because of the access to medical care, which I don't know that uh, right. It's, right. It's been our friend to say the least. But so, okay, let's talk about this. Then, you know, we're, we we all have these gifts. And, you know, in, in our society, we do uh, give our power away as far as our, our healing and give our power away as far as our disease or illness or whatever model. So that, okay, I mean, I, I did my inter- one of my internships when I was working on my uh, doctorate was I worked in a, a healing, uh, you know, it was an alternative healing clinic. And, and again, most of the people, it was basically pain management. 
some uh-huh. of the people that were coming there were were people that had been everywhere else, in other words. Right. That's right. the last stop. You know, they, they'd been everywhere, no, no results, still in pain or whatever. And so there was a lot more going on there. There were past life regression. There was energy work going on. There were lots of different things going on. So for me, back in the 80s, I was already privilege to be a part of all this so right again there are many many places out there that are available so that how does a person i mean how do you your referrals come by word of mouth and by i guess now by physicians as well is that correct Mm -hmm. yeah yes Yes, it's it's nice when you have a, a patient, uh, a client call and say, my doctor referred me to you. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they, they can just contact me at the website at, you know, pattyconklin.com and, you know, or certainly call the office. Um, but, you know, I think it's it's really important to understand that, that again, people have so much more power than, than yeah. what they, what they think. And I, and I, and I attempted to put it really simply, um, within the, within the, um, uh, book that people had the power, um, to go ahead and, and provide healing and, and be healed and talk to their body. It's even with pain management, you know, people get in so much pain if they only recognized, if they said to their body, body, what color or tone do I need to reduce this pain by 90% and actually sit with that for five minutes, their body would reduce pain. Um, It's like allergies. You know, I've worked with people with severe environmental allergies who have been bed, you know, housebound for three or four years and, and even up to 20 years and no capability to eat more than three or four foods and so forth. And within two hours, be able to go to a smoky bar and eat pizza um, because allergies are learned behavior as is pain. And so, you know, I always tell people, if you stub your toe, Instead of saying, ouch, say, hmm, that's interesting. Your body's pain receptors don't know what to do with that. As soon as you say, ouch, it knows to go into pain. But if you say, hmm, that's interesting as a neutral statement, your body doesn't know what to make of it. And so, therefore, the pain doesn't begin because there's nothing to trigger it. that, That occurs in families as well because of how parents then deal with their children's illness or injuries or anything else. Absolutely. You know, I, mean, I, I, I grew up in a family that being sick was really, it was kind of like, no, we're not going to be sick. And, right. and nine times out of ten, nobody was sick unless, you know, it was the flu or something, you know. But, right. but overall, the family, my family was always very healthy because our, our model was we don't get sick. You right. Know, we don't right. get sick. And I think that's true of a lot of families. You'll see some families that some everybody's sick all the time. Yep. You know? yep. And I really like what you said that being sick is learned behavior. Well, it's no different than depression or anxiety or any of the exactly. things in my own profession. I still remember when I was sitting in my office and my a new client came into the office and said, uh, I am a bipolar. And I, I, <laughs> I, I was like, okie dokie, this is going to be interesting. Yep. And, you know, I said, you know, it's interesting. You're telling me you're a bipolar and I don't even know your name. You know, I yeah, mean, exactly. Yeah. You're already labeled, you've already labeled yeah, yourself or accepted the labels from other, other places. It, and it, and it, 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 yeah. it was up to yeah. me to figure out what to do about that next. So. <laughs> I mean, actually, it ended up being a pretty good, uh, pretty good uh, sessions with this person right. because they really had uh, had really learned that that's who they they were supposed to be, and actually, that's where they got the most attention 
And exactly. They got, the most, uh, you know, they got so their secondary gain. Absolutely. They got their secondary gain because of that. And absolutely. and I think it's, you know, I fly 100,000 miles a year, and I've done that for 30 years. And people say, how do you stay healthy breathing all that recycled air, and you're sitting next to somebody with the flu, or they're sick, and yeah. they're sneezing on you? Why, you know, how do you not get sick? And I, and I look at them and I go, why would I ever even consider that I get sick? It's their flu. It's their sneezing. It's their recycled air. I mean, why would I even buy into that? And they're like, oh, Oh, you mean you don't have to buy into that? And I'm like, well, if you choose to, or if a woman calls the office and said, I found a lump in my uh, breast this morning. Do I have breast cancer? My response is going to be, well, do you want to? I mean, <laughs> because, because, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I'll say, you know, I mean, that's a choice you could make, but I could go have a mammogram and then come see me. But I know the power of my word. And if I said, wow, things look a little shady right there, if you didn't have if you didn't have cancer when you called me, you'll have it by the time you hang up with me because your fear will go in. And unfortunately, we've become a society where we depend so much on our tests and our, our MRIs and our mammograms and so on and so forth that, that no amount of reassuring will make that person move out of fear for the most part. Um, and so going to get a mammogram, getting to know exactly what we're dealing with, then I can take it from there. But if we can stop people from going into that fear to begin with, um, okay, you found a, a lump, chances are it's cysts, chances are it's fibrosis, you know, a fibroid um, you know, lump. It doesn't have anything to do with cancer. And if people understand that every single one of us have got cancer cells in our body, it's the luck of the draw. If they do the blood work and that cancer cells in there, guess what? They're going to label it cancer. But that doesn't mean that you actually have it. It means that that frequency of cancer is in the cell of that one blood that they drew. And you created the rest of that. And I don't mean that's not a blame statement. That's a frequency statement of yeah. you, you go into fear and the vibration shifts. Well, I mean, I can, I can personally tell you that uh, my experience uh, in, in the medical community, I've been told I've had certain things or certain things were going to happen, and I basically looked at it and said, no, it's not. Right. You know, that probably not everyone's going to have the uh, ability to do that or have the self-esteem and comfort and to do that, but... Right. Uh, uh, today, none of those things that they prescribed or, or, or that they predicted ever happened. So right. I, I always tell people, I said, be very, very careful what what you listen to. Be very, very careful yep. what you believe. Yep. And I think that's you, you talk about that in the book, and I think there's some very, very valuable tools when you talk about uh, how, how our thoughts are so very, very powerful. Uh, I yeah. do want to talk about this before we end the conversation because I really think it's probably the key it's probably the best part of your book. <laughs> and I thought, no, this is the very best part of your book, and, and it's S H I T Shet Spiritual yep. Human in, Human in Transition. And, yep. and I really believe this is probably one of the most important things that you've written about. Is that you know we we really are on this path of of learning, and and yep. we have so many things that in our lifetime that we're we're here to do. And that right. sometimes we don't listen very well, and Absolutely. sometimes the, 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 as you said, SHIT has to hit the fan sometimes for some of us to truly yep. get get back on board what we what we're in this lifetime for. I, I absolutely agree. There's so many people that it, it, it takes being knocked down 
You know, yeah. I love the statement. It's not about how you fall down. You know, you fall down. It's about how you get back up. That's right. Yeah. And your book is about getting back up. Not only is it about healing yourself and understanding how your body works, but it also spiritually, psychologically, and all the above talks about how you're going to get back up. Because yeah. none of us are guaranteed a perfect life. Nothing. That's right. That's right. We wouldn't grow very much if, if it was all perfect. You know, it's smooth sailing times are, are nice, but every once in a while it's going to hit. And uh, But it's your choice as to how long you stay down. Yeah. Really is. And, and, what yeah. You, and what you learn from that and that you're able to help others learn as well. So, so what, right. are you, what are the greatest lessons that you've learned in writing this book and that you're Again, you're sharing lots of diff- you're sharing lots of knowledge, but you're also sharing your own personal experiences. But at this point in your pa- on your path, what have you learned, and what what are you sharing at this point? I, you know, at this point, it's it's uh, I never really understood what being the observer meant, and and it truly is about looking at everything and understanding that I have the decision as to how I'm going to react about something, that life is meaningless. It, in and of itself, it's meaningless. When we were given life, we weren't given meaning to life. And there's not a soul on this earth that can make me feel angry or sick or loved or happy or miserable. Those are all decisions that I make from second to second according to my perception of my life. And so I get to choose um, you know, every single circumstance, how I'm going to feel about it. And, uh, and that's, that's what I hope people really come away from is understanding that because the more that they can be the observer, the less dense their body is going to be, the less chance that they're going to create a disease process. I think, too, actually, uh, it was the discussion on controlling mind. And basically one of the things that was discussed was you don't have to be the manager of the universe. Right. And I love that when they said, you know, because I think that's we're always about the woulda, coulda, shouldas. And, and again, as you said, we have a choice each and every moment of our yep. life how we, we choose to react to whatever is occurring in our life. And we and, can label it any way we'd like. It's, right. Again, when we get caught up in labeling, labeling ourselves or other things in a negative fashion, it eventually becomes our illness. Right. It, and it eventually becomes our illness or our, our are some are part of our downfall. Yeah, and it's all about personal responsibility. Accepting that you felt that way, let go of it, change your perception, and move on, and um, and allowing it to be that way. We're, we're all healers in our own respect. Uh, you're basically just helping people to understand that and what they can do about that. Right. And, and oftentimes, in many cases, very simply, they can heal themselves. So, Patty, yep. this is a great book. It's a great tool. It's one Thank that. You. Uh, has exercises in it that you can use and go back and really do some, some some great work as far as feeling better as a human being, feeling just perfectly better, absolutely. Wonderful. What do you want us to know? How how can they find the book? How, how can they read and know more about you? The the book is at uh, Amazon and Barnes and & Nobles and in, in your local bookstore. Um, title is God Within, The Day God's Train Stopped. And uh, they can go to pattyconklin.com, which is P-A-T-T-I-C-O-N-K-L-I-N.com and uh, talk to staff or look on the website and see where I'm going to be. Uh, if I'm in an area near you, I'd love to have you stop by and, and say hello. So everybody can just uh, reach out and certainly call staff for if they have questions. Well, as you know, I don't know if anybody's told you, but once you uh, once you become a, 
uh, a guest uh, on Women Connect for Good, you become a part of the sisterhood. So uh, my <laughs> goal, my goal is, or our goal, excuse me, our goal is to help you and to promote what you're doing, and so you're helping so many other people and making such a contribution. So whatever we can do, Patty, to uh, spread the word, to enlarge your community, this this wonderful community that you're developing, uh, we'll do what we can. So wonderful. remember now, you're a part of the Women Connect for Good <laughs> family. You're one of the sisters, so we're sisters now. So <laughs> I love that idea. Thank you so much for having me on, Nancy. Absolutely, and and. Con- Congratulations on your book, and and I know that there's going to be so many people that are touched by your words and your and your uh, your talents and your gifts that they'll have such better and more meaningful life. So congratulations, Wonderful. and and continued continued good health yourself. Thank and you. Happiness in all ways. Thank you so much for being with me. Thank you for having me on. <laughs>